The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Brett Hubner, thanks for coming on to this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I was actually curious before we get into kind of the the meat of Chicago sports for a second. I was curious, how did you get started in sports media? It's it's really weird. Um, back when I was a sophomore in high school, my dad uh, got involved with putting games on TV. He had a company called Olympic Broadcasting, and uh, he did was the executive producer of the Bulls and the Chicago Cougars WHA hockey team. Um, on channel 44. And, uh, so I did a lot of stuff with him and helped him out and was always hanging around the control room, trying to learn everything. When I got out of high school, I, uh, didn't ever want to take math or science ever again. So I went to broadcasting school. It's a little school back in the days. This was, I graduated high school in 75. So this is like in 76, I went to a place called the Midwestern school for broadcasting. And right when I was finished, sports phone started. Now people that listen to the stations, you know, um, ESPN and the score, they may have heard us reference sports phone years ago, back in, it started in 77 guys that worked there, Les Grobstein, Jeff Joniak, Chris Bowden, Luke Canellis, me, um, tons of guys. It just keeps going. And, um, we would record one minute, you know, 59 second sports scores and messages. And we did that. I worked there from 77 to 90. And then two years later, the score started. I was lucky enough to get a uh, part-time position there. Went from part-time to full-time. Worked mornings with Mike Murphy, mornings with Mike North. Then in 2008, I left there and caught on with ESPN in 2010. So uh, I've been fortunate. It's been really, it's been great because a lot of people will say, well, you know, if you have a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Well, I love it. I mean, it's great because you never know. I mean, you know this, just doing this for the short period, you, you never know from one day to the next what you're going to talk about. You never know what yeah. kind of stories are going to pop up or what's going to happen. So it's um, it's a lot of fun on a daily basis. You're never sure what's going on. That's for sure. Yeah, and I feel you on the whole math thing. I, I wanted to be like in high school, I wanted to be like a general manager in baseball, and I realized math's not going to happen, so I'm not no. going to be doing that. So so this is a nice little hobby as far as podcasting, writing, and all that. So. Sure. Sure. No, it's a lot of fun. And like you said, there's so much sports going on. And now, thank goodness, you know, during uh, this COVID and everything else, they're still able to play. I mean, the NBA, I thought, did a great job with the, um, you know, down in Orlando last year, the NHL also. And uh, I'm a soccer fan. Soccer played there pretty much most of their season. They did it in spurts and things like that. They, they did everything. And the NFL is amazing. They didn't have to cancel the games. They moved a lot of them. I mean, they played a game on every day of the week this season. Every single day of the week, they played a game. And um, baseball, I'm just waiting. They, they tell us they're going to be 162 games. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, I've been, I've been wondering the same thing with that. So, yeah, perfect segue, your White Sox. So I know they have this kind of World Series robust attitude, or at least that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Obviously, last season, the vibe was similar for me. I know Cubs or White Sox fans hate the Cubs comparison, but I always thought about the 15 Cubs for last year's White Sox, the the, the vibe and the excitement. So yeah. for you as a Sox fan, are you thinking World Series or bust? Or is it more, I want to see them make the playoffs and contend and 
you know, keep moving forward, but not necessarily the World Series or bus attitude. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I, you always want to see him make the World Series. You'd love to see him get to the World Series. You'd like to see him win the World Series. The, the biggest thing is I still think they're going in with three starting pitchers. They don't know what Dylan Cease for sure is going to give them. They're not sure if it's going to be Kolpak as their number five. Uh, their lineup's pretty stacked, but what are they going to do with DH? Is Are they going to tell Eloy when he gets down to spring training, hey, Eloy, we don't, you don't need to bring that glove with you. You can just swing the bat. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I know MLB Network, when they put the projected Sox lineup, they had him as the DH. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen. They still need a second catcher. I know they got a bunch of guys, but I'm not sure they love Zach Collins as a catcher. Um, so we'll see with that. Their bullpen's tremendous. I mean, I didn't think they had to sign Liam Hendricks because I thought they were pretty darn good with Colome. And Colome, I think he blew like one save in the last couple of years. But uh, Liam Hendricks is a guy that, I mean, just listening to Waddle and Sylvie's show last week, uh, he's got an attitude and he's he wants to go out and prove that he's good enough to be a four-year guy. Um, so that's you got to be excited about that. But uh, I hate to say World Series are bust, but if they don't win their division and go deep in the playoffs, I'd be surprised and disappointed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, so – do you like the team as is, or do you still want to see them sign somebody like a, a Trevor Bauer, for instance? Oh, I mean, he'd be awesome uh, if he's going to sign a one-year deal. If he would sign a one-year deal, I don't think they would go very deep with him uh, in a multi-year deal, but that'd be great. I mean, he's a guy with attitude. Um, I like the Lance Lynn deal. I would have liked it better if they traded um, Dylan Cease instead of Dane Dunning. I think if you can get odds somewhere, you can get odds on anything anywhere. So I think uh, Dane Dunning, and have a brighter future than Dylan Cease is. That's just my opinion. And um, so I would have liked to keep Dunning, but, you know, adding Lance Lynn to what they had last year and Giolito and Dallas Keuchel, and, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm just, I'm really iffy about Dylan Cease. They keep keep running him out there, and he just doesn't seem to be able to be the guy. He reminds me of a guy the Sox used to have in John Garland. Garland would pitch really well for a couple games and then just be out there for a couple innings and not be able to hold on the leads and, He'd always be the guy where the Sox would have a three-run lead, and he'd immediately give up the lead. And uh, Dylan Cease does that quite a bit. So um, I think I'm surprised. It appears that they're set, and they're going to go with what they have. But somewhere along the line, I thought they would get go after a guy like Michael Brantley. I really did. I thought they'd grab a guy like him, could play outfield, could be a, D, a left-handed DH. Um, I was disappointed they got rid of McCann. I wanted to keep McCann as their everyday catcher, and have Grandal be catcher, DH, uh, you know, both sides of the plate, things like that. But they did what they did. Um, it's tough to be disappointed in the moves Rick Hahn made when he's he's been really. There haven't been a lot of people making big moves over this, you know, over the off season. He's one of them that has. So yeah, the Sox, Padres, even the Blue Jays lately have been really exciting to watch off season yeah. wise, at least. Yeah, as far as Bauer, I mean, like you said, the one year if it was like a one year deal. I mean, how could you pass that right. up? At least to talk to him. I mean, it's. Sure. It would be he would have a lot to uh, obviously offer, and of course, being in the division of his former team, the Indians yeah. would help probably. So, so on the on the on the north side of town, so obviously the Cubs. It it uh, I've said this before to people. I feel like it's they feel like a funeral because it's always like a negative vibe around the team. We're talking about a team that won the Central last season. They've lost a lot, obviously, but no one in the Central, at least in my mind, really stands out. So do you think no. the Cubs are still, despite everything, are they still kind of, quote-unquote, the favorite in that division in your in your mind? Or Cardinals, Brewers? I mean, it's all kind of like whoever can, I guess, win the most games, 85 yeah. wins maybe. Cardinal pitching, uh, okay. Um, 
the Brewers always seem to be there. I mean, you know, the Reds with what they did last year, you got to look at their staff now because they've lost some of their pitching staff. And I know there've been rumors about Luis Castillo possibly going somewhere. Um, but I think they could actually be competitive. The thing with the Cubs is, I mean, I thought it was going to be, you know, pretty good going into the season with Hendricks and Darvish and Mills. And then they make the Darvish deal. It's like, okay, well now what are you going to do? You don't have, you don't have five starters. You don't have, you barely have three starters. And, um, you know, you figure you're going to have happen center. You have Hayward in right. Who are you going to have in left? Um, with Brian coming back, you know, you've got your infield pretty well set. And uh, Contreras is going to be back if they keep everybody. If they if they trade Contreras or Bryant, then I've, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to win and play well in the division. And like you said before, with baseball, we don't even know if it's going to be a full 162. I know they're kind of gunning for that. Right. Spring training is supposed to be on time, but it could be like last season. And then they have a. And we don't even know if there's going to be a DH in the National League, which is another weird thing. So I don't know what Manfred's trying to. How weird is that? I mean, the you know, spring training, I'm looking at my watch. Spring training starts in three weeks and they don't right. even know if they can have a DH or not. And I know it's a it's a union thing. The union wants this and the players, uh, the owners want this. But that's just crazy. I've always thought people have asked me for 15 years. How, what do you think about the DH? I always said the same thing. I don't care if you have the DH or if you don't, but you got to have it universal. It's either got to be everyone's got to have it or everyone doesn't for years and years to have the DH. And when you get to the World Series, the American League team has to sit their DH in National League parks. That just wasn't right. And vice versa. I know National League fans would always tell me, well, we don't have a DH. We have a disadvantage in American League parks. I never quite bought that. But, um, you know, you got to know what you're doing. I'm a little surprised that Schwarber signed a deal with the Nationals or that the Nationals signed him without knowing if there's going to be a DH or not. Because he gets a one-year $10 million deal that's more than he would have gotten arbitration. Great for him. I kind of thought the White Sox might take a shot at him for you know, for a one-year deal. But um, it's in, it'll be interesting to see what happens if there isn't a DH, what, what Schwarber does and where he plays for the Nationals. Yeah, the Nats are interesting with Lester and uh, some of these yeah. former Cubs guys going over there. So they'll they'll be interesting. I thought it was a good deal for them and Schwarber. You yeah. know, one year. To- I was a little surprised that there was so much so much uproar on the Lester thing. I mean, I know Cap and I think Sylvie a little bit. They were talking about how oh, the the Cubs owed Lester. Uh, Cubs didn't owe Lester anything. They paid him a lot of money. He did what he was supposed to do. You know, I would have thought it, it would have been smart to give Lester money and keep him here. Uh, for a couple of years or, you know, two years, whatever, but they decided to go elsewhere. And I don't, I don't, you know, he did what he did. They won because of him. I don't know. I think retiring his jersey is a whole other thing too. I mean, he wasn't the guy, you know what I'm saying? He's when you think of jersey retirement, it's tough to say, well, we're going to retire this guy's jersey because he was a free agent that changed the culture and they won a world series. They didn't necessarily win the world series because of John Lester. I think Arietta had a lot more to do with it than, John Lester did. I saw Arietta was throwing a bullpen or will be throwing bullpens for teams. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, just four years ago, the guy was on top of the world. And I know. it's just kind of interesting how baseball, I mean, any sport athletes age, of course. But I mean, there's nothing like the 2015 Arietta. I mean, you remember how no, filthy that guy was insane. Yeah. I just wanted to switch to the Blackhawks, too. So I know the Hawks off to a slow start. They're not a great team. They have obviously guys like Patrick Kane who are phenomenal. But anyway, Lots of interesting youth, and then they have the older guys. Uh, I know Kane is one of those guys that has a no movement clause, so you couldn't just trade him if you wanted to, you know, try to rebuild. Right. But if 
you could, would you move a guy like Kane, assuming he was agreeing to that, to kind of, you know, bring in that haul that you could, or what would you, what do you think about that? I think it's, I think it's difficult. It's a lot of trades in the NHL. I mean, it's a different league of all the leagues. It's harder for me to follow how the, how that league works with trades and everything else. I think Kane deserves to be here unless he wants to leave, you know, mm-hmm. keep a guy like that. I loved what, you know, the injury to Kirby Doc is a killer. I mean, they weren't going to be a good team this year anyway. But when Kirby Doc goes out in an exhibition game for the you know Canadian junior team, it was like this. You know, you knew, knew it was downhill. I like some some of their guys to bring it. They had this guy, young kid, Pius Suter. He had an assist on a on a goal the other day that was off that was uh, reversed because Kane was offside. Just an awesome. He's heading for the net and he does a behind his back pass to Kane who's streaking for the goal. They've got some good young players, but they're they're a couple years away. And, you know, in this town, so many people love to hate Corey Crawford. He won two Stanley Cups. He, despite what they say about the playoffs last year, he helped them win that first playoff series uh, that they won. And they were actually gifted to be in because they added extra teams. And, um, you know, he's gone. They need someone in the Nets that can be here for a few years. And right now, I don't think they have that player on their team. Yeah, Corey Crawford was yeah he was an unsung hero among others yeah. on that team, and obviously he, he retired was. recently. Uh, and then of course Taze is on on long term IR. I don't know if no. we all even know exactly what's happening with him. I don't think anybody yeah. does, which is the strangest thing because we were on the air when it came down, and they said he was you know uh, not not disoriented, but he was struggling, and every everything they said sounded like COVID. But then they came out and they said that's not it, and um, you wonder what it is, and it seems like he's going to be out for quite a long time. And, uh, you know, with him and the doc injury and then Nylander, who didn't play very well last year anyway, you know, they're losing him and they got a lot of time to see a lot of young kids. Their, their back line still needs some help. They picked up some guys in the off season, but you know, it's early. It, it didn't, the NHL didn't do him any favors starting him against Tampa and then Florida. So point the other day, we'll see what they get. Now they, now they get Detroit back in their wacky central division for this year. So they got uh, back and back to back games with Detroit uh, tonight and Sunday. So see what they can do against the Red Wings. Yeah, I used to live in Columbia, so I follow the Jackets. So they're back in the same division, and I just saw them play Detroit the last couple games, and now they have Tampa. And uh, so we'll get to uh, go up against the uh, the power of the Lightning again. And yeah. I don't know, even Detroit. I mean, I know they're not they're not a playoff team most likely yet, but I, I kind of like they're starting to reset already. I know Iserman's there to fix them, so I kind of think they have some interesting pieces. But it'll be interesting. Uh, do you like the Central Division for this year, or would you rather them go back to where they were? Or at least in this case, do you yeah, I understand. They had? I understand yeah. for the year. The strangest part is that the Hawks are in the same division with Dallas and Nashville, but St. Louis is not in their division. It's kind of bizarre and kind of weird that that's the case, but they had to, they had to split it up some way. They had to make them relatively easy and simple. And you had to do it with the Canadian teams because they couldn't go back and forth uh, past Canada. I just, I'm hoping that in the next four or five months, whatever, we can actually start traveling (laughs) and going places. I've, uh, I've missed uh, like four trips, uh, six trips, I think in the last two or three years, uh, a lot of them because of COVID and everything else. I was supposed to go to Kansas city to, go to the um, Negro League Hall of Fame and see the Sox play the Royals last year. Had to cancel that because of everything in baseball. And I understand my travels are not their concerns, but, you know, it would be nice. It would be nice if they could, uh, you know, everything gets squared away and the vaccinations will help. Starting, I guess, tonight, um, Chicago's starting to open up their their, uh, restaurants to uh, 25% indoor dining, which they hadn't had 
until today. So I was at a restaurant last night and we sat outside. They called it outside. It was in a tent. There was no outside air coming in, but you know, whatever it was, it worked. And uh, now as of tonight, they can actually do that. So hopefully everything will progress and we can get rid of this because I was driving through the city today and on a Friday driving the streets downtown Chicago, it looked like a ghost town and it's just not the way it's supposed to be. It's you, you see movies about stuff like this. You never thought it would actually actually happen until it does. Oh, I know. It's so weird. I know we're a year into it. So I'm kind of, it's like we're used to it, but then I stop and think and it's like, God, this is so weird. But yeah. like, you know, watching those uh, sporting event with no fans, like we're, we're watching sure. games again, which is great, but then it's where, yeah, I was supposed to go to Cooperstown last year for the, uh, for the hall of fame induction. Of right. course I got canceled like a week later. So I'm um, set to go this year. So fingers crossed that it'll, you know, work out, but well, that's like August, right? That's like in August, uh, late, so. late July. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully by then they can do something where they can get fans to come out out there. Cause that, that'd be fun. I've been there once, but I've never been there for an induction weekend. My brother had, and he said it's an awesome time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do it with all the crowds because I know they usually have a ton of people there too. So right. we'll see how that plays. But but yeah, yeah, with hockey, I hope that obviously, like like you said, I hope things get back to normal because I'm thinking like, what if it's May or June, it's playoff time. Can the Canadian teams, you know, go out of the country again? So sure. we'll see how they kind of figure that. So uh, a couple more things. So I had to get your thoughts for uh, Championship Sunday, Green Bay, Tampa, Buffalo, KC. Who do you like sure. in either matchup? You know, it, it's hard to, and I know being in Chicago, we're supposed to hate the Packers, but it's kind of like me as a Sox fan when the Cubs were playing well. I grew up being a Sox fan, not liking the Cubs. I could say hating the Cubs, but not liking the Cubs. And But you had to respect what they did. So watching the Packers, it's hard not to respect what Aaron Rodgers does, what that offense can do. Um, they're, they've been pretty amazing. And um, it's I know that Tampa beat him handily early in the year down in Tampa, uh, but Rogers threw a couple of interceptions had his worst game of the year. I think it should be a good game, but I can't, I'd be shocked if green Bay doesn't go to the super bowl. Um, they just, their running game is so much better than it was early in the season. They barely ran the ball against Tampa and they're going to have three got, well, probably two guys. Dylan's probably, he got, I know he got hurt last week. He probably won't be running, but they'll have guys that can run the ball um Devontae Adams is amazing um and then just Aaron Rodgers he, he can read defenses so well I know Brady can read defenses but I even asked this question last week on the air you know who was the best quarterback playing last weekend and it's, it's it was hard for me to not say Aaron Rodgers even though Brady and Breeze were both playing so I, I I think that it'll be the Packers going forward and I was cheering for I don't know about you I was cheering for the Browns last weekend uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because that whole story, and you know, you know, with without Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield took a lot of crap when he first came into the league and stuff like that because he was cocky and everything. To me, his commercials have made have uh, endeared me to him a little bit more. His commercials are hilarious, and he he works his tail off, man. He, you know, that was a fun team to watch. Kareem Hunt trying to get the guys pumped up on the sideline. He's a guy that you know had to come back for some, some certain things too. So. Um, I really love watching Cleveland play. I was hoping they could win that game. That darn Richard Griffith fumble late in the, in the second quarter that rolled out of the end zone. That was that was terrible. And uh, but um, Kansas, it all depends what kind of player Mahomes is going to be. He's going to be able to go, and how how well is he going to be able to go? Because they have so many weapons. Every and they're all. They were talking about it last week about going horizontal and going vertical and their receivers cutting across the field. Nobody can stay with Tyreek Hill. 
Kelsey's always getting open. They got so many weapons there. Um, that'll be a fun game. That'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah. So you say Green Bay and I guess say, Kansas City. I say Kansas City. I, I would I would love to see Buffalo win because Josh Allen seems like he has no conscience. I mean, he just drops back and throws the ball, and you know it's great. They've been doing wonderful with him. But they run the ball like three times, I think, in the first half of the game last week against Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I know that one of the running backs was hurt, but still to do that in a uh, divisional playoff game was pretty darn uh, interesting. And uh, but I like Allen. Stefan Diggs was a great player, you know, in the past with Minnesota. And he just shows that he can catch anything they throw his way. And he's been uh, playing really well. So that whole story um, is great with Buffalo playing, finally getting to a point where, you know, they have a quarterback. They can maybe get to a Super Bowl and uh, it'd be a, a great shocker. But I, I think the Chiefs just and I, Andy Reid is just he's one hell of a coach. He just comes up with great play calls uh, on the offensive side. You know that um, I mean, the fourth and one and deciding to throw the ball to Tyree Kill with Chad Henney at quarterback. I mean, nobody was expecting that, especially Tony Romo uh, on the broadcast. He, he, he was shocked as anybody that they even snapped the ball. But uh, yeah, I'd probably say Kansas City and Green Bay. So, and yeah. it's, I mean, I have a Packer fan living next door. I've got guys I went to high school with, good friends that are Packer fans. I don't want to say I'd like to see the Packers win for them. I don't, I can never say I'd like to see the Packers win, but it, it's hard to pick against them. But if they get into the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, that could be one heck of a, a shootout with those two teams going at it. Yeah, and he, like you said, even Buffalo is interesting. I mean, they kind of reminded me of like Cleveland, you know, all the, yeah. all the misery in the past. Yeah, I was I was kind of ready for Cleveland and Buffalo, and they, I knew it wouldn't happen. But Cleveland and Buffalo in the AFC Championship would have been funny, but uh, or would have been cool, really. But uh, and I know you're a Niners fan, so are you looking for them to get back? I know they're just beat up this year. I think unbelievable. What, what do you think about Garoppolo? What do you think about Garoppolo? Do you think he'll be back or? It, uh, I, I think at this point they would almost have to. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You sign into a big deal. They had so many of their receivers were out. I mean, Debo Samuel showed when he was healthy and playing, he's one of the fast, good, young receivers in the league. Um, you know, they've got, you know, Kittle is one of their tight ends, just an amazing player to watch. Their offensive line was pretty good. They made some changes on their defense. They're going to have to move on from Richard Sherman, I think. In my opinion, Richard Sherman is one of the guys that blew the Super Bowl for him two years ago. Uh, he was one of the guys that let Tyreek Hill get open on that long pass when they had the opportunity to win games. We're at, we're at the Super Bowl party at Waddle's house. I got my my Niner gear on, and all these people are coming up to me in the third quarter, congratulating me on the win. It's like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? And then later on, I walked past them all and said, "Thanks, appreciate the uh, kind words." But um, yeah, they they've got a. It'll be quite a quite a jump from what they did. Um, nobody could see the injuries that they had. So many guys went down. Their running backs have gone down year after year, and um, I, I, you just have to wait and see how they look when going into the season. But, you know, if Garoppolo's not there and they decide to move on, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't mind seeing him come to the, to the bears. I don't know how that would work or how they would pay him because he's due a lot of money, but um, you know, the bears got to figure out something with their quarterback position. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Cause I was just going to ask you. So obviously Watson has been a huge topic. Of course, I've been, I've been listening to everybody on ESPN 1000 yeah. about the bears. How could they make that happen? So it's not a question. Although some people are saying, Oh, Watson Houston was terrible last year. He's not going to do anything. Well, anyway, for the most part, anybody would take a Watson, but yeah. would you give up anything it took to get him? If you're a bears fan, you look and see when they gave up picks for Trubisky, they gave up picks for Khalil Mack and you build your team with draft choices and draft picks. And that's how you do it. And, uh, 
you know, Deshaun Watson would be wonderful to have here, but is he going to want to come here after they decided not to take him in the first place? And plus it's cold weather. I'm not so sure how he would feel about it. And as I say that, it's not that a lot of the Bears games are played in cold weather. You know, maybe maybe one, maybe two. You know, for years you'd hear about bear weather. It doesn't get that cold anymore. Um, so um, I, I just don't think if they did it, it would be that would be the final straw. Either they win or everybody's gone. And um, I just don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough even draft capital to give up. You'd have to give up number ones for two or three years in a row and a couple number twos. And that's a lot to give up for any team because it slows your, it slows your growth. And um, they got to figure out what to do with Allen Robinson. They've got other guys, you know, their defense is starting to get a little old. You saw from the midway point of the season on, they've actually, they actually got worse. They were really good first half of the year, second half, not so good. And, uh, you know, you listen to, to Black and Abdallah, you'll hear uh, DVOA all year long. Yep. And, uh, they, you know, they really fell a lot during the course of the season. So um, I, Deshaun Watson would be a pipe dream. But if it did happen, it would be uh, some entertaining stuff for us to talk about on the radio. That's true. I know. I feel like if you were to somehow get them somehow, like you said, all the draft picks, everything that you'd have to give up. It's like, okay, we've got the quarterback, but we, now we need an offensive line, a wide receiver, or yeah. this or that. So yeah. it'd be like, well... But maybe you could fill those other spots a little bit easier. Well, yeah, yeah, you have, yeah, you'd have the quarterback, but you need two, you you need two tackles. I think the the middle of their offensive line actually played pretty well once they decided to put the, you know, the uh, the free agent and non drafted Notre Dame guys in there. Uh, Mustafer and Bars actually played pretty well, and then you got Whitehair, and you're going to get Daniels back. Now the question is, where's Daniels play if you've got those three guys already in the middle? You hate to have your you know, a guy that was a second round draft pick be, you know, a backup offensive lineman. And I don't think any of those guys really can play tackle. So it'll be interesting to see how exactly how they build that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they play that. Like you said, they lost. I mean, they should have had them three or four years ago now. And yeah. of course, now they have a shot to maybe watch him go, watch New England pull it off. They get him and then they're back to it being a dynasty again and Buffalo falls off or something stupid like that. But yeah. it just so uh, before I let you go, so you were watching the Bulls. I know I know we're, we're, we're kind of the same in this regard. I'm not as huge of an NBA guy like I used to be, yeah. of course, back in like the 90s Bulls. But um, you were watching the Bulls game. So I liked, of course, I think everybody liked Billy Donovan higher and it sounds like they're finally they might not be winning games but they are competitive they're exciting again so what have you thought about the Bulls so far well they lost there was a stretch there they lost four straight games by a total of 11 points mm -hmm. and I you know Zach Levine seems every year you say this after a couple of games Zach like starts to pass the ball and plays little defense and you go is this going to happen is it going to be a continuous thing and it would be nice to see if Billy Donovan can bring it out of them they don't really have a point guard and they're trying to make Kobe white a point guard. He's not sure if he's supposed to be shooting or, or passing the ball, but the veterans have been what has really helped this team this year. Guys like daddy is young and Garrett temple. And these guys, they've actually helped uh, keep games close where the young guys would actually blow things down, the, down the stretch. These guys are helping, helping them stay in Otto Porter too. Um, they got marking in back after a couple weeks gone and he had a nice game a couple of late games ago. So, you know, we'll see. They, they There's not a lot of defense. They scored 30 in the first quarter. And I know I think I, I looked up and in the second quarter, they were they were close to 60 already. That's that's a lot of points, a lot of running up and down the floor. So they had to learn how to stay with some of the other teams and play some defense. But I think Donovan was the right move. And it seems like they're learning to play with him. And he he just knows the game. I mean, he's coached some great, you know, great college teams and really good pro teams. And uh, 
I think it was a good choice. And, you know, they did everything they could do. Bulls fans have been yelling for years, get rid of Gar Pax. And they did, they, they redid the whole front office and then he got a new head coach. And, you know, so you, you think everything's going to work out. And I think the future's right. I, I really like Patrick Williams. He's a, a kid that can come in and play right away. Um, maybe not as good as some of the other guys who were drafted. Halliburton's having a really good start to actually beat the Bulls earlier this year. Um, but it's, I think they're definitely going in the right direction. That's fine. I don't watch any other NBA games. I only watch the Bulls. So it's weird because I'm watching Charlotte. I go, I don't even know who these guys are, but I'm watching how the Bulls play against them. And it's, it's fun. They're actually fun to talk about this year. Yeah, I used to watch the late night Friday night games when Kobe was playing, and I haven't really ever since he retired. I really hadn't been watching the games like I used to. But yeah. it's I've been you know I've been hearing uh, you know about the Bulls' excitement, so it's good to see them kind of uh, on that right track. And it just feels like to me, the Bulls finally made the uh, front office change and the, the full sweep, you know, changing everything over. And then it feels like the Bears are kind of replacing the Bulls of the whole uh-huh. you know yeah. the, the front office and all that. So. It's like you get one nice thing, but then you have to deal with the other part of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, re, unfortunately, rebuild has been a big word in Chicago sports lately. And that's, that's not a lot of fun. I mean, the, the Cubs did it and it worked. The White Sox have been trying it. They got to the playoffs last year and everyone's got a lot of encouragement. The Bulls look like they're going in the right direction. But, you know, getting getting there in the NBA is not really good. It's, it's very tough if you don't have one or two of those superstars. And unfortunately, those superstars like playing with each other. Uh, just like, you know, we see Harden going to Brooklyn and I hate that. I'm not a fan of that. I grew up in the age and I actually covered some of the bulls, uh, the bulls for a year or two during their big run. And it was none of them ever wanted to play on the other teams or play with the other superstars. They always wanted to beat them. And I have a hard time understanding and realizing that this whole thing, Harden just wants to leave Houston and go somewhere else where he can that's just that's not right for me. I, I I hate that. Yeah, I feel that. So you probably talked to Jordan back then, though, uh, and right, like Pippen and yeah. all them. Yeah, I could not have been. A, he was such a nice guy. I mean, one of the stories I tell is I was covering the beat one year, and I was at the Birdo Center back in the day, way before they built the Advocate Center and stuff. And I was there, and he was after practice. He was starting to run upstairs, and I just yelled, "Go, Michael!" And he came down, and I said. I said, you know, I just want to introduce myself. I'm going to be covering you here. I said, you've got a lot of guys. You probably don't know who anybody is. I go, I don't expect to remember my name, but at least you'll be familiar with who I am when you see me. He goes, great. He goes, you won't believe how many people. I have no idea who they are. And he goes, they just keep talking to me and asking me questions. He goes, so thanks for introducing yourself. But throughout the whole year, just a great guy, class act, always was. And, uh, you know, when you're as good as that, he couldn't, he didn't need to be as nice as he was, but he was always pretty nice. Uh, off the court, always nice. On the court, played his tail off. And, you know, I think we all saw during COVID with the 10-part series, yep. you know, how he drove everybody else to play as hard as he could. So, Oh, that was that was an amazing series. Yeah. Well, Fred, I really appreciated you coming on. It was great to talk with you. You, too. you got a point on the Black and Abdallah good question segment. So uh-huh. there you go there. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll be looking for you on the radio this weekend. Um, it's always fun listening. I remember listening to you and Meller and, of course, Hanley and yep. uh, Xander. So good times. Uh, I'll have my radio. I'll have my sound bar up. <laughs> Sounds great. Will, appreciate it. Anytime. This is fun. Definitely. Have a good night. You too.